to Three Beers In, a craft podcast with beer news and reviews. Here's your host, Dominic Ribello. And for all the wait, oh, that doesn't really go with the, the music. I don't want to interfere with what we have going on here. But it is a new year. New year, new me, sort of. Who knows? From deep underground in Staten Island's beer bunker slash virtual saloon. Welcome to another episode of, I always fuck that part up. Welcome to yet another episode of Three Beers In. Okay, the craft beer show bringing you the latest news and unique craft beer reviews. I'm Dom, and this is episode number 184. And this week we are drinking Beard Brewing Companies, Dogs and Boats. It is a double IPA coming out of New York, right? Let me see. Got this one from the uh, from a Beverage Island trip, and this is coming... Oh, no, um... It's from Groton, Connecticut. Groton, Connecticut. So if you're ever in the Connecticut area, we got some listeners here from Connecticut. You know who I'm talking about, Tom. So if you're ever in the area of Groton, Groton, it sounds like a um, some sort of a, a superhero that kind of didn't make it. Groton, the the crouton or some. I don't know. I'm stupid. By the way, the reason I fuck up the. From Deep Underground, Staten Island's Beer Bunker slash Virtual Saloon is because I wrote it out and I, I don't have access to a printer. And I printed this, I think, at my job when I redid the show back in, what is this, uh, oh, it's 2019 or something. And I didn't like, like, the format. So instead of, like, printing another one, I made, like, lines. <clears throat> I'm actually going to, I'm going to take a picture of this. And I'm going to, I deactivated my Facebook now. I don't know. I don't know if that's a good idea, but I just I was spending way too much time on it. And maybe I'll reactivate it to just show this to you to you guys. Or I might put it on the Twitter or Instagram. I don't know. I'll do Instagram. Fuck it. Instagram from now on. This is what I'm working with here when it comes to like me like doing the the opening blurb, okay? So just so you guys could see this. It is it, it's a mess. It's an actual mess. And like I I don't know. I don't like breaking down the barrier there that fourth wall i just threw my phone on the floor is it the fourth wall when you um break down the the wall i don't know either way i'm breaking down that wall and letting you see how bad it is because i used to i had it written out and like i I don't know i didn't like how it was and then i went back on the other side either way now you get to see i got my little notebook here where i got things written down and you got the score up there so i'm not going to give that away too fast Happy New Year, everybody! Right? Check us out. It's twenty twenty one. Right? <clears throat> oh, it's so wonderful to just get out of twenty twenty. Twenty twenty is so terrible. Blah, blah, blah. A lot of people think that all their troubles are going to be left in twenty twenty, but that is not true. <clears throat> For myself personally, I am kind of shocked how quickly twenty twenty went. I mean. I know for some people it's it's terribly long because of the fact that they are locked down. But I've been going to work and it's like nothing's ever changed for me other than now there's a little bit more traffic. So and I guess that's a good thing, you know, uh, you know, grand scheme of things here. You may notice there's a an echo in this room. I don't know what is going to happen. Junior's really cleared it out because he is expecting 200 boxes of VHS tapes. From the Harness Racing Hall of Fame, as you heard last week, and I am a bit scared. He's pushed me over. Well, we kind of agreed to it. It's actually not that bad being in this corner here. <clears throat> um, I'm, I'm up against the wall right, right here. Uh, I did have to move everything over a little bit, but what had happened was we were working together today, and we were able to um, throw out a lot of old stuff. I had a lot of old stuff. Oh, speaking of old stuff, hold on. Behind me here, he had found... While we were going through, hang on. Oh, now this is neat here. This is from back in the day before there was internet. Okay, that 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 I could tell people one day, like when I'm older, Grandpa, what's your whole thing? Well, we didn't have internet when I was your age, uh, Sunny boy or little girl. <coughs> Excuse me, let me take a sip of beer here. That I need that requires a sip. He found these old magazines of, like, code. But where am I going to put this that I don't ruin shit? Hang on a second. 
this new setup also really uh, hinders my ability to to use like you know the the space that I have. I don't know. I gotta figure my shit out here. Oh, look at that thick stack of magazines here. First thing I found here is it's a special edition. It's called Tips and Tricks, two thousand video games code book. Now over eleven thousand two hundred and fifty video game tips, cheats, and secret codes including here we go here you're gonna get a a head rush of nostalgia for you gamers out there we've got mortal Kombat, crash bandicoot tom uh tomb raider tom raider who was it? sonic the hedgehog <clears throat> street fighter donkey kong country resident evil and their sequels it's from the editors of the number one video uh, tips magazine this was five dollars us back in the day and of course 650 in canada everything was all expensive in Canada, on the back here, we have invite your friends over for some four play. Not okay, like one, two, three, four play. Power Stone 2 from Capcom, Sega Dreamcast. Now, I can't. Oh my God. And the first thing that pops out here is an ad for a pager. Congratulations on buying a Rockstar game. And Rockstar Games has your free Motorola Word pager. This is old stuff right here. I don't even know. I can't even tell you how old this is. Because I don't see a... a um... Oh, this is from 2000. This is from the year 2000. Oh, that's why... Yeah, 2000 video game. It has Nintendo 64 tips. I'm just going to skim through this because I have a whole bunch. Nintendo 64. It, it, it's, it's just... It's in alphabetical order of games. Let me see. Do we have anything for 007 in here? Wouldn't that be in the front? Basically, all right, so they got, like, NBA Showtime to get the bear you put in 112. Like, it's just so fucking, it's really got all the cheat codes in it from all these games. Sega CD, Super, what is this, Super NES tips. Like, back in the year 2000, people were still playing video games that were on Super Nintendo, for crying out loud. We got Dreamcast here. Unbelievable. An old th and it's in really good shape, too. But, I mean, there's no pictures or anything like that. It's just strictly cheat codes and stuff for old video games. Then here I have a, this actually might be worth money because this was the worst, one of the worst video games ever created. Okay. This is the official strategy guide for the Superman video game. This is from Titus publishing. Like this literally, I got to take a sip of beer for this. Cause I didn't see this stuff before I opened it up here. This was, hold up. Christ almighty. Oh, this was literally <clears throat> not even kidding. Rated as like one of the worst video games ever created. Cause you couldn't do anything in it. I remember when I got this game, I just flew around in it. This probably isn't gonna be worth anything, but I mean, it's almost like a slap in the face that they made a strategy guide to how to like win the game when you literally couldn't do anything in it. And it's got all the old pictures of Superman in here. It's from the Superman uh, cartoon from back in the day. We got a folded page here that's going to hurt its value. Like, I know what I'm talking about when it comes to this stuff. What year was this? 1999. Okay. Throwback, right? You want to talk about New Year? Move this beer over here. Here I have a magazine. I don't even know what this is. It's inside out here. Hold on. I got to try to right side it up. Or did I lose the cover here? Hold on. What in the world is this? Okay, this definitely... I'm going to skip it because I can't even... Oh, it's a National Geographic. Oh, we got a Pokemon Power comic book here. Got to catch them all. Collector Series, Volume 4, November 1998. It is in really bad shape, but this is from... This is the Pokemon here. Oh, wow. It gives you a little bit of a, of a way to get around in... It's got some cheat codes in here. <clears throat> this is from November 1st, 1998. It's got some cheat codes in here for the, Super, uh, for the Game Boy here. Pokemon Profiles in here. Gotta catch them all. I mean, this looks like it was from something else. This looks like, because <clears throat> there's no barcode on it, it looks like it came from a bigger book or something like that. So let's continue around here. Oh, here's another one, but the cover has been ripped off. These are useless now because of the bad shape that they're in. Oh, wow, look at this here. And this isn't in that bad of a shape. I mean, it's got rounded corners a bit here. And here I am talking like I'm a fucking a PSA card guy. And I'll get to that in a second. Cause right now the card lane is huge. I don't know if you guys have seen this or been made aware of it. 
but there is a resurgence right now of like collecting cards or like opening card packs for collections, like with modern stuff. Like they're my my friends. Uh, they've both been on the show, Vin and Dom. They've um, Froggy and Dom, uh, Vin. They they've got their own card thing going on right now on Twitch and stuff like that, where they're going out and buying up uh, a bunch of fucking cards, like baseball cards, hockey cards, football cards, and. There are, there are cards in these packs that are worth thousands of fucking dollars. And I had no idea that this was a fucking lane right now. Here we go. I got the Prima's official, whoever the fuck Prima is, official strategy guide for Pokemon Snap. Beautiful game. If you ever played it or heard about it on Nintendo 64, you basically were in a uh, on a railroad car just going through an island, and you just took pictures of Pokemon as you went through. And this thing was $12.99. Back in, let's see, we're going to get a year on here in the front. Where is it? No, these are the acknowledgments in the back, maybe. I don't know. I don't have any. I don't want to do too much to this thing. Pokemon Snap, fun game. Very easy going. Oh, this is fucking crazy here. <clears throat> the official strategy guide for WC... I got to take a picture of this here. For WCW versus NWO World Tour, okay, from THQ... All right, I'm going to take a I'm going to snap a photo of this bad boy right here. It's got Andre not Andre the Giant. It's got uh the Big Show on the front and uh Hollywood Hogan when he turned heel so to speak. It's still got some creases in it. But oh, it tells you all of the the finishing moves. You got the finishing moves. There's uh Buff Bagwell's Manhattan Drop, Dean Malenko's Texas Cloverleaf, Rick Flair's Flying Knee Drop that leads into the figure 4 leg lock. Uh, Rick Steiner's Canadian Backbreaker. Oh, this is so cool. Tells you all their moves and stuff like that. Oh, this is really neat. <clears throat> then there's an ad in the back for WCW Nitro. This is a throwback right here. The nostalgia is just hitting me right now. What else we got here? We got a player's guide. Another, oh, okay. It looks like it's from Nintendo Power. This is from winter of 1998. Superpower Supply. Oh, this is to buy gear from them. Lots of Zelda stuff, some watches, some old toys. I got the official guide here. Prima's again, official guide to Sonic's adventure on the Dreamcast. Wow, look at these levels. Unbelievable. Oh, this looks nice. This is Prima's official strategy guide to uh, Zelda's Ocarina of Time. It's in really bad shape. It's missing some pages, but the whole front of the cover here is all like nice and fucking, uh, what is that? Shiny and shit. And then I got Girl's Life. Okay, that's not anything I want to really see. But it's got, like, fashion and shit in it. All I know is that we're finding all this weird old stuff. I found some fucking Desert Storm trading cards. Like, I mean, that, to me, that was a little morbid. You got trading cards about a war that's going on, right? And you got, you know, you got a card of fucking George Bush and General Schwarzblark or whatever. Whatever the fuck the guy's name was. General Scarchkrim. But either way, there is this huge thing going on right now. There's a big boom when it comes to playing cards, right? Well, they're, they're, they're worth a lot of money, you know? I mean, if you pull out of a package of Pokemon cards a holographic Charizard, like a black holographic Charizard, it goes for like $3,500 or something like that. It's absolutely nuts. But I do apologize for the acoustics a little bit. You can hear there's a little bit of an echo, even though I am cornered up a bit. Maybe I should put... If I put it over here and yell into the wall, hello, hello. Now you can still hear it. Man, let me let me do my sound check 15 minutes into the show. But um, <clears throat> where was I? Boy, am I drawing a blank right here. I, I My recording device, like the Audacity device, is really far away from me. I can't even pause the show if I want to very quickly. It's going to be it's going to be a little bit of a hassle. But we are prepared for 200 pallets of. VHS cassette tapes, which is so old school. Oh, that's the thing. I Down here somewhere, I have a fucking, like, two binders full of Pokemon cards that I think would be worth something, maybe. You know, and I can't find them. You know, we found the fucking Desert Storm cards, which is worth nothing. But 2021, this is really great. I don't know. I haven't, uh, ha I don't have an official New Year's resolution yet. I probably should have had one, you know, beforehand lined up. But I haven't quite gotten there yet. Please forgive me. 
Um, I'm a little excited because I decided that I wanted to just dive real deep into old hobbies, right? So I was a huge, in Staten Island, New York, right? Back in the mid, uh, late mid, mid to late 2000s, I want to say 2007 to maybe 2013 or so, that's when there was the poker boom. And it hit Staten Island hard, right? I mean, there was like poker stores around, right? Where you could buy cards and and poker chips and stuff like that. And I really want to get right back into Texas Hold'em. I've played thousands of hands of Texas Hold'em. I love poker so much. I used to really follow the World Series of Poker and all the events. I really want to get back into that, so I'm going to try to... And I realized with this card lane, right, where you're on like... You go to Twitch, which is a streaming like service... Um, which is like kind of like user created. So like I could create a Twitch right now and, and do a live stream of me doing this podcast and people could watch and stuff like that. But I realized that there's a, just a lane for everything, literally everything. And I think that that's why that this podcast has the success that it has, because I am like able to, to, you know, week in and week out, do a show about beer and many, many people listen. I mean, it's upwards in the thousands and, um, you know, I get a lot of love and support from people that are out there in the in the world. Uh, people buying stuff from my store, which is really, really cool. And uh, people that are, you know, emailing me questions and stuff like that that I try to get to them um, privately. I don't like bringing them onto the, uh, onto the show for some reason because I just don't have... I have to fit it into a segment somewhere. So I'm probably going to do it instead of talking about Pokemon cards and nonsense like that. Maybe I'll start talking... Uh, emails and stuff like that again. But a lot of the times is people asking for recommendations and stuff. And to me, that just comes off as a little bit boring on a podcast. Like, why do you want to hear me week in and week out talk about, oh, try hazy little thing to start. You know, I can only tell you that so many times. You know what I mean? So it keeps it interactive for me. Well, I mean, it keeps it fun for me that um, I get, I keep getting those messages in and, um, and I give like, it makes me feel pretty cool that I can uh, give my advice and stuff like that to people. But here we are in episode 184, um, which is just so crazy to me. And, I, you know, forgive me, I'm so bad at keeping track. But in this book right here, this notebook that I have here, I have here the uh, 71819 to question mark. And I think that's when I did the relaunch of the show with the equipment that I was able to purchase with, with the, uh, from the donations of the, the wonderful, excellent people who are fans of the show, friends and family of the show, all of you that listen are family members of the show, for certain. And I'm really hopeful, and, and I wish everyone, uh, I'm hopeful in the new year, and I wish everyone a very, very happy new year. I'm so glad that you're here joining me to, um, uh, to have these beers and, and talk about them. Last week was a bit of a stinker. I got fucking annihilated. Okay, I those those fucking treehouse beers hit me like a Mac fucking truck. I mean, they really did. I, you know, these are these are these these are the beers that you got to be careful with because there's that high alcohol content and they will fuck you. You know, to uh, seven ways from Sunday, and it was funny because um, my my good friend buddy uh, Tommy Donigan he invited me over to his house to watch uh, Monday Monday Night Football, and. Um, <clears throat> Like I said, I, I'm very, very skeptical. Uh, not skeptical. That's a weird word. I'm very careful with who I visit and stuff like that. Um, pe- I, I only try to visit and, and meet with people that are strict with their quarantine. Not quarantining. I gotta keep, can't keep using that word. That, that are kind of like taking it. Let me not say taking it seriously because that's another. That could be insulting. Whatever. I try to just be very selective with who I see right now while this thing is still going. Because like the the the... The vaccine is right there. We're, we're so close to maybe getting over this fucking thing so that, you know, because I'm ter- I'm not terrified of getting it, but I'm pretty sure if I get it, it's not going to end well. So I really don't want to get it. He invited me over, and I was a bit hungover from that night with Treehouse. Oh, my God. I didn't want to. I, I, went, I went upstairs, and I went in bed, and I didn't even have my alarm set for some reason, and I just woke up at, like, 530 and my head was like, and I just took a shower and went to work, and it was rough. Oh, my God, was it rough. Thank God I was able to have a Taylor ham and cheese. Taylor ham, egg and cheese. Excuse me to help me through that day, some coffee. Boy, that helped out. And I had a liter of ginger ale. You know, if you have a liter of ginger ale, 
if you see anyone with a liter of ginger ale in their hand, you know, you know why they have that, right? So I was able to get through it. Boy, oh boy, was that a, was that a fun night? And um, I don't even, I didn't even listen to that episode. All I know is that I started off trying to do a bonus episode, and I went on for so long that I had to just make it an episode, and then I don't even recall like what had happened after I after I hit the music. I was just sitting there, I was like, oh. I hit the music, and then I don't even like the rest is a blur because I was just I just went up and went to bed, and I and I don't have the nerve to listen to it. I hope it wasn't as sloppy as I think it might have been. I think I'm a pretty well-trained drunk. Like when I get to a to a level of inebriation where it's like I could do I could do bad stuff. Like if it was like if I was like 22 years old and I got that that wasted off of the, these tall boys, then I have to be like, okay, what happened? But then I you know I've been so experienced with uh, with <laughs> it sounds so terrible, but it's true, it's true. And and I know a lot of people out there are the same way. Like you get so experienced with being drunk. You know, it's it's funny because my cousin, I'm not going to name the name, okay, because I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I have a cousin that when he gets, like, really, really drunk, like, black blackout kind of drunk, right? And we've all been there, so let's not, let's not, um, you know, shame anybody here, okay? He without sin cast the first stone type stuff. You know, he was able to, and, and still is able to, you know, because I haven't heard anything otherwise, be able to speak and act as if nothing happened. You know what I mean? Like vernacular is maybe a little bit sluggish, but he's just all there still. And I kind of wanted to emulate that. And it sounds so terrible, but you don't want to be the, the the drunk that makes it sloppy, bad time. I mean, we that's all it's happened to everybody too. Where you've, you've got to be like, all right, what did I do? And then they're like, well, you did this. And I'm like, oh, God. You know, you cringe it out and stuff like that. But, you know, um, I've kind of hit that level where I could get to a point where it's pretty bad. And I could kind of maintain it. It's gotten worse, though, since I've had a baby. Because it's really hard to get a good amount of sleep. So I'm pretty tired all the time. But, you know what? Let's shake off all this crazy talk about being blackout drunk and stuff like that. And let's get ourselves into the hops of the week one of my favorite segments here the hop of the week because hops are very important they're the biggest one of the biggest part of beer right especially if you're a hop head who likes some really good ipas so dogs and boats from the beard brewing company this uh week has listed right on the can here that they are having uh in their beer some citra and mosaic hops and as you know, uh, as a tradition here at Three Beers In, if the hop is listed, we will read about that hop. We're going to jam it into everybody's head. We're going to drill down. We're going to put our shoulder to the wheel and make sure everyone knows what we're talking about when it comes to these hops. First one on the list here, we have Citra. An American aroma hop, Citra was created by John I. Haas, Incorporated, and Select Botanicals Group's joint venture, the Hop Breeding Company. It was released to the brewing world in 2008. Uh, now one of the most coveted high-impact aroma hops in the United States, particularly among craft brewers, it boasts a complex lineage that includes the likes of Hallertau, Michelfrich, uh, Tetnenga, Brewer's Gold, and East Kent Golding. Jean Probisco is credited with having first bred Citra in 1990 after trialing a new variety with iconic craft breweries Deschutes, Sierra Nevada, and others, commercial acreage uh, was significantly expanded in the lead-up to its official release. Citra, as the name implies, has strong citrusy profile. Uh, this is largely credited to the high myrcene content. It has an extraordinary flavor profile of grapefruit, lime, and tropical fruits. But despite its high alphas, Brewers often warn against its use for bittering, which is considered by some to be harsh and undesirable. It's also known as just plain old Citra brand HBC394CV. It character, its characteristics are grapefruit, lime, tropical fruits, and harsh bitterness. Uh, the purpose is for bittering and aroma, and the alpha acid composition is anywhere from 10 to 15%. Now... <clears throat> Once again, I'm getting all of this from hoplist.com. That's basically where I've always gotten all my hop information. 
it is a website that has a very robust uh, library of hop information. The next one up here, we have Mosaic. Released in 2012 by the hop breeding company LLC, Mosaic hop features complex but clean flavor characteristics and are known for their triple-use profile, encompassing bittering flavor and aroma. They have high alpha acids but low cohomulone, which makes them pleasantly hoppy, carrying flavors of mango, pine, and citrus, and herbs, and aromas of tropical and stone fruit. Mosaic is the first daughter of Simcoe and Nugget, as has been humorously referred to by some as Citra on steroids. So yeah, once again, this is also known as HBC 369. It is used for bittering and aroma, and the alpha acid composition is anywhere from 11.5% to 13.5%. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, you know, there's a lot of IPAs out there right now where you can, uh, you know, that the, the, the Citra and the Mosaic are just front and center when it comes to uh, a lot of the IPAs offering right now, and and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I I, I enjoy a lot of beers that have that feature. That I really enjoy beers that feature just Citra or just Mosaic. I like. I'm a fan of the single hop usage, you know, because you could really highlight what the the hop has to offer. And uh, when you when you come across a beer that's using both Citra and Mosaic, you can kind of isolate what's going on with each and uh, and make your determinations of. Uh, of what's going on. All right, everybody. I know it's the middle of the show, but I always forget to plug this show on my own show. Isn't that crazy? So check this out. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you could stop what you're doing, go down to the review and give me five stars, it would be really, really great. If you even want to drop me a line there, that'd be cool too. Don't forget, you could visit www.3beersin.com. That's with two N's at the end. Right there, you can find the contact tab. You click that, you drop me a line. Question, comment, concern, anything. I'll try to get it on the show. Not to mention, also, on that main website, that's where you can hit the merch tab and buy yourself some awesome three beers in gear. You like hoodies? We got hoodies. You like just regular t-shirts? We got that too. We even have cases for your phone, man. Are you afraid of websites? Don't worry. You can always just Google three beers in. Don't forget the two ends at the end. And you can find my Facebook. You can find my Twitter. You can see that I'm on Untapped. And you can also find other platforms in which to listen. Did you know that we're on Spotify? After the many years of doing this show, what really makes it all worthwhile is the fact that I get to come on down here, drink some beer, and hang out with my pals. That's basically what it is. Everyone that listens to this show is a friend, is a family member. You guys are the reason I do it. Thank you so, so much. Share it to somebody else. Maybe they can get the feeling of the community while we do it. Who knows? We shall see. But thank you all again so very much. Thanks for listening to this commercial. And let's get on with the show, shall we? The beer news, ladies and gentlemen, get your news right here. The beer news. I got a couple articles here that are pre 2021, so just, you know, don't hold it against me, please. Okay, first one we have here this is a, a, an important one, I think, to a lot of people. This is coming out of the Dogfish Head Brewery. They're talking about the beers that they're going to have in their lineup of 2021. It's the most wonderful time of the year, as they say, as they're going to announce their beer catalog. And here we go. I don't know if I want to read all of this, right? I don't want to, I like, I like when they, I like when breweries release that they're going to have their, their own, uh, I mean, their, their calendar, so to speak, but jo- joining the ever growing list of nationally distributed fan favorites is Hazy O and Mango Smoothie. Uh, hitting the market in February is Hazy O, which is a 7.1% and oh-so-juicy hazy IPA. brewed with. So now, this is what's interesting, right? And I've, I had this... I, I don't. I, I said this to my cousin who, who got me this Treehouse beer, right? 
I said to him, and this is an interesting thing, and I don't want to go too far off tangent, but I'm going to right now, and it's my show. God damn it, I could do it if I want to. When I was having the Treehouse beer, I said to myself, and I, and, I, and I tried to express it to him the best of my ability. Maybe I didn't have the ability at the time, but mm, I said to him, it's like, you know, they, they, they have a higher premium. They're not distributed everywhere. You got to wait in line for hours to get it. And I said to him that it's kind of worth every penny of it because what happens is a brewery like this takes so much pride in what they do in terms of the quality of the product that they give back to the consumer. Okay. So the, the profits that they get are put back into the quality of the beer. Now I'm not saying that there are, there are greedy breweries out there that are craft breweries. Maybe they don't have the, 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 the power or the, the, let me try to think of the word. They don't have the resources that like a treehouse has where they have the extra capital to put it back into the the product. Okay. You don't know what people's bottom line is. You don't know what they're up against and you don't know, you know, what, what's going on in their business world and you don't know the talent behind it. There's so much that goes into craft beer and like, you know it. you've been to breweries where you're like, okay, I get it. And then you've been to breweries. You're like, wow, this is impressive. So it's like, I said to him, and I pretty much stand by this. I said, thank God InBev is, is, is filthy fucking greedy. Thank God that they're greedy because if they had, and, and my, one of my fears is that they say, you know what, let's take a little bit out of our profits and put it into the quality of the product. Because if you listen to me, this isn't about me. Now I personally wouldn't do this, right? I would, I would go to the treehouse, right? You know? And I think that there's a certain, there's a curve, so to speak, when it comes to craft, craft beer, as opposed to like adjunct, not adjunct lagers and stuff like that, or just beers that are made macro, right? A, a like a hardline diesel drinking Budweiser guy is not going to like Hayes from Treehouse. He's just, he's not, you know, a hardcore uh, Coors guy or a Miller guy. They're not going to sit there and be like, okay, let me have you know, a, a Julius from Treehouse. They're not going to be into it. But there is a, like a, that those people that are like, I'll have a blue moon, right? They'll, they'll do that. They'll go, they'll go out of the comfort zone with that. And they would try like a Julius and be like, wow, this is really fucking good. And they'd be like, I'll take that. And then when you tell them the price, like well, maybe it's like, what is it? $22 for a four pack or something or $23 for a four pack. And they'll be like, oh, give me the blue moon. But now Budweiser releases no joke, Julius, right? Because they have the money to do it, right? They definitely have the money to do that. And they're going to sell a, a six pack of it for $12.99. It's going to put fucking Treehouse out of business, would it not? Now, I'm not a fucking, I'm not an economist and I'm not someone who, you know, I, I'm not great with numbers and all that jazz. But I can tell you that there's, I mean, if they have the power and the marketing, to definitely fuck people up. Now, maybe not, because they did make that, they made that American Select beer, which was the American lager or something, like the true American lager, and that was a big, big flop. So unless they finagle it where they make a brewery that appears to be craft, you know? And, like, for example, um, Sam Adams did that with... Um, Coney Island Brewery, but then again, you're they're still craft, right? Technically speaking, so there's a lot of ways to look at this. But as a beer drinker and as a craft beer advocate, right, and as a craft beer person, you know, I really think that the Gemüllichkeit is captured in craft beer when you're able to talk to the person who's serving it, and the, and the, per, the if you're not talking to the brewmaster or someone who works at the brewery per se. You know that the person who's serving you the beer understands what you're what you're into, and, and you know they're a part of that family. You know when it's that close tight knit group, you know that's what we're really looking for when it comes to craft. Now, when you look at what Dogfish Head did, right? So they made a, they basically got bought by Samuel Adams, which is the biggest of the crafts, because even Samuel Adams, as big as they are with national recognition. Okay, they still try to teeter on that edge of trying to satisfy everybody 
but they wink at craft beer drinkers. Okay, and that's what's really interesting about when you look at the conglomerate, so to speak, or the biggest of the big boys. Sam Adams is the biggest craft beer company in the United States, basically. Right? They're in the craft. They have the craft label that's on there in the uh, from the American Brewers Association. Whatever that, you know, I, I can't think of the exact name right off the top of my head, but the the fact of the matter is, you know, you get you get Dogfish Head that gets gobbled up by. Sam Adams, and now you're winking even more at the craft beer people because Dogfish Head has a soft spot to a lot of craft beer drinkers. I mean, for me, the 120-minute IPA, the 90-minute IPA, the 60-minute IPA, uh, the sequench ale, the blood orange ale from them, like, the, you know, the, they have the Midas touch. They have all this stuff. And, you know, you know the off-center beers for off-center people, they've made some incredible, crazy fucking beers and now they have the money of the Boston Beer Company behind them. So when I read this here, that they're making a hazy IPA brewed with four types of oats, malted, rolled, naked, and oat milk, to create an incredibly juicy and hop-forward beer that is smooth, refreshing, and surprisingly sessionable, that to me is like, okay, they're not InBev. Obviously, they're not InBev. But when you hear four types of oats, okay, and a juicy, hazy IPA, Hazio, 7.1% ABV, going to be nationally, you know, it's going to be out there nationally. My go-to is like, you know, start off with yourself with the uh, the hazy little thing from Sierra Nevada. Now, if this is going to be a commercial juice bomb, I mean, that's going to be huge in terms of their profits. And now does that hurt the little, little guy? You know, like a, like a uh, for me, like a um, Killsboro or something like that. Where they're going to sell like a six pack of that for the price of a four pack of something from your local, local craft. And that's where it gets really interesting is because you're, if, you, if you're getting from Dogfish Head, you're still getting a craft beer, but you're getting the biggest of the craft beer. That's why I always found it very important. I think I drilled down on this in the last episode when we talked about tree houses that you can have your tree house in your backyard. And that sounds funny because it sounds like you're building something in your own backyard. But what I'm trying to express is, is that usually those small barrel breweries, like for me, it's Killsboro. And now they're in quote unquote, New York city being operating out of Staten Island, but they're the ones, excuse me, that come out with these really great niche type of beers. And I think that's what it comes down to is what's niche and what's not. I'll be very interested to see, how this Hazio tastes, and I'll actually try to get this into the studio. The next one they have here is Mango Smoothie, the 6.5%, will be featured in the springtime released of their Off-Centered Art Series, and I remember I did the Kolsch down here that time, and that was pretty good. Um, and I'm not, I don't care too much about the art thing. I mean, I think it's cool and stuff that they feature art and stuff like that. But, um... Yeah, that, that, that's what they're coming out with. So it's really nice. So the sequence. Oh, shit. I think came on. Occasionals. They have, and they're doing their whiskey thing. But I think here it says, hold on. I mean, it says it on the, on the hold on. Let me see. It was a 120. Yeah, they will not be doing. Okay, so old favorites. Are going to be missing this year. Brews like the 120-minute IPA, Palo Santo Moran, Super 8, and Midas Touch. Wow. Uh, oh. They will not be in this year's calendar, which is really interesting to me. I guess 120-minute uh, was struggling, or maybe it was just too much for for them to to continue to do, continually hopping for 120 minutes. Or did Boston Beer Company have something to do with it? Who knows? I hope that they are able to still operate within the purview of what Dogfish Head always was. And I'm really, really interested to see what this um, this hazy IPA coming from them is going to be like. If it's going to be anything like Dogfish Head has been throughout the years, it's probably going to be really fantastic. And I wonder what that's going to do to the to the wider market. I don't think it's going to do much. But I do think that InBev has to is going to at some point wake up to this, especially if they start doing like that data mining stuff that I touched upon a couple weeks ago where they're on untapped and seeing what people are having and stuff. 
you know, we have to be very careful with um with what might happen uh, down the road. Now, I'm not a huge fan of when we have uh, articles like this because it's it can be very subjective. But since we're a national show, I do think it's important that I do drill down on this one here. This is from HopCulture.com, and this is the best, the 12 best craft breweries of 2020. Uh, this is written by Kenny Gould. I'm going to just flutter through all this stuff right here. Maybe get right to the get right to the meat and potatoes of it here. Oh, excuse me. We have Weathered Souls Brewing Company out of San Antonio, Texas. So shout out to everyone out there in Tejas. Uh, I think I'm just going to read through just the just the numbers here. We've got Oozle Finch Beers and Blending from Fort Monroe, Virginia. Shout out to all you guys out there in Virginia. We have Tripping Animals Brewing Company from Doral, Florida. Mind you, this is uh, according to hopculture.com. But shout out to everyone out there in the Sunshine State. Excuse me. Hoof Hearted Brewing Company out of Columbus, Ohio makes their list. Great Notion Brewing Company out of Portland, Oregon makes their list. And we have Two Roads Brewing Company from Stratford, Connecticut hitting the list here from hopculture.com along with Humble Sea Brewing Company out of Santa Cruz, California. We have Other Half Brewing Company out of Brooklyn, New York. This is a really this is a fantastic brewery. I could say so myself. This actually makes me a little more um, <clears throat> what's the word I'm looking for here? A little more uh, uh, accepting of this list. So this is a pretty legit list, it seems. Green Bench Brewing Company plus Web City's Cellar out of C- uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. And we have the 8th State Brewing Company out of Greensville, South Carolina. We've got a nice bottle with some wax on the top here. Yeast of Eden, Caramel by the Sea or Caramel by the Sea, California. Our Mutual Friend Brewing out of Denver, Colorado. That looks like a nice Pilsner they have there, and that's it for the article. So if you are in these areas and you recognize these breweries, you know, get out there and try them out if you haven't yet. <clears throat> but, um, you know, I, I just, I, I don't love those types of articles because, again, I think it's pretty subjective what's, uh, what's good and what's not, but... It is what it is. This next one here, and I, like I said, I will always go out here and, and uh, shout out anyone that's doing anything for charity and stuff right here. And from KTAR.com, we have Arizona Brewery debuts limited edition beer aimed at wildlife conservation. So this is a Flagstaff-based Mother Road Brewing Company is teaming up with the Arizona Game and Fish Department to debut a new brew aimed at spreading awareness for wildlife Conservation, the limited edition Conserve and Protect Golden Ale is a new recipe that comes with a one-of-a-kind yellow can featuring illustrations of deer and mountains. Conserve and Protect is the main message because that's the important message for Arizona, says Oliver Adams, the spokesman for Mother Road Brewing Company, said in a press release. A portion of the proceeds from the beer goes towards the Department on the Ground Conservation efforts. Of Arizona's more than 100, uh, excuse me, 800 species of wildlife, the Brewery and Wildlife Department collaborated on a Kolsch-style ale last year. Funds were used to survey Sonoran Desert's tortoises and endangered red squirrels. The conserve and protect donations allowed us to survey an additional tortoise plot in the 2020 year, which is fantastic, said the wildlife specialist Chad Rubick. Uh, the data that we collect is vital, and it goes right to the top agencies uh, that say what happens for the future of the species. Mother Road Brewing beers can be found statewide and distributed through the Hensley Beverage Company and their partners. I love when you hear about craft beer coming together for a good cause. So I'm really, really happy about this, and I hope that they, I wish nothing but more, uh, just success. I wish nothing but success. This next article here is from uprocks.com. And it says here in the headline, bartenders call out the winter beers. They think it too much hype. This here is from Christopher Osborne. And the first one on the list is Goose Island Bourbon County Stout. I mean, I don't know about this one here, okay? Hold on a second. Got to take a sip of beer here. I don't know. The Bourbon County Stout, that kind of, that destroyed the old show. 
it, it, it washed away the old mixer that I had here. But it says here, Hayden Miller, head bartender at Bodega Tequera e Tequila in Miami. Well, I, I don't want to have a, I don't want to have this in fucking Miami. That's for sure. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to not want the, oh my God. He says, Goose Island, Bourbon County style. No disrespect to Goose. Just feels as though the appeal started to wane with the acquisition by AB. Sure, I get that. No longer so worth the crazy hype waiting around the block for this bottling. I did not expect that. I did not expect that from this guy. You know, I really didn't expect that, but he's right. You know, do you do you really wait on online for, for this beer after they've been inquired by InBev and stuff like that? But who knows? <laughs> That's hilarious. I didn't expect that. Seth Falvo, bartender at the Hotel Zamora in St. Beach. Again, in, in St. Peach Beach, California. I don't want these beers under the sun, okay? I want a beverage that's probably a pina colada or a fucking margarita with an umbrella and a pineapple on the glass. I don't want a stout. And I most certainly don't want the fucking special air from Anchor Brewery. Brewery. I'm sorry. I'm not even going to read that one. Of course I'm not going to have that if I'm from fucking Florida. Now, this one, this one, this guy wants to feel the hands. But hold on. The fucking picture is this some from some guy in Georgia in a pool for Southern Tier Pum King. You do not want to have this beer when you're in a goddamn pool. Jason Akinchi, manager of the Orient Express Bar in New York City, says, I don't understand why people love the aromatic beers like pumpkin ale. The beer should taste like beer. Okay, Rob Obermeyer, a great example is from Southern Tier. Why not just add a piece of, uh, you know, you do, it's once a year, dude. You're not having the pumpkin ale all the time. I'm not cellaring it for when I'm going to have a 4th of July fucking barbecue. It's for the, it's for the fact that it is the season. Tis the season for these beers. These beers. Come on, man. Sam Adams Winter Ale. Now, now, this is a shot across the bow here. I feel personally attacked. Aaron Gowdy, bartender, again in fucking Florida. What is this place in Florida? St. Petersburg, Florida. Sam Adams Winter Ale is not necessarily overrated. Okay, hat tip to you, Fedora, right there. But it is one of the most popular winter beers where there are so many lesser-known contenders. Local breweries are always a fantastic way to go for seasonal brews. Yeah, duh. I get it. But, like, is that the reason why you were going to shy away from it? Now, this fucking guy here put Sierra Nevada's celebration down, and this guy, he he actually wants the smoke. And this is Roberto Barticia from San Juan, Puerto Rico. Again, no offense to you, Roberto. Okay? But I'm not going to be having a fucking... I'm not going to be having, like, uh, Iyengar's Celebrator or, or uh, Sierra Nevada's Celebration. In Puerto Rico! No, thank you. In general, the most overrated beer style is the IPA. Okay, all right. Because most brewers use the hops to cover imperfections in a beer. That's really such a fucking... That is so stupid. Okay, IPAs... All right, hold on a second. When you want to talk about covering up imperfections in a beer, you're not going to get that. When, when it's a fucking craft brewery or a real fucking brewery, okay? If you're a home brewer, like, I've made a couple of IPAs, and guess what? My fucking, my fucking hops covered up the imperfections, okay? My hop usage did that. And you could, there's been people who are listening to this show right now who have had my beer will be like, it was good. It was good. But can you, it was the, the only reason it was good was because the hops helped me out. For me, and for a home brewer, maybe. But this is so stupid. If I was going to choose an overrated wintry IPA, I'd go with Sierra Nevada. Name me another one, Roberto! It's not as good as the hype? What a shit. Then this person puts down, the writer puts down Brooklyn Winter Ale? Like many of the beers on the list, there's nothing wrong with uh, Brooklyn Winter Ale. It's just not as good as the hype makes it out to be. While it's malty, hoppy, and crisp, it's too light to stand up to a cold winter night. It's an ale. It's just an Get a stout. Is that what you want? I didn't think I'd get this heated. 
but I did. I can't get to the rest of the articles here because I, I went, I was too long winded here, but I have a whole, I have a whole bunch of stuff, but I got to get to the beer review, right? Yeah. I'm 50 minutes. I got, I'm get 10 minutes to do the beer review. So hold on a second here. I'm going to try to get to these articles next week because I got to, I got to, I got to get these in and these are going to be 20, these are going to be 2020 articles. Uh, oh my God. Unless there's, that was a crazy burp. Unless there's something, you know, more prevalent for, uh, oh my God. I did, you know what? I hadn't read that article before I did it on the show. I did not expect, as a matter of fact, I fucking apologize. I apologize to you guys. All they did was go for the heavy hitters of what we have in terms of the, the powerhouses basically for the winter time. And they went full, they went full tilt, like right at it. Jesus Christ. I didn't expect that. You're in fucking, you're in fucking Florida and Puerto Rico. I want something with an umbrella and a pineapple in it. I had this, when I was in Aruba, I had this, this beverage called a dirty banana, which was like a, a, it was like banana schnapps and like a banana beer thing. And it, it was unbelievable. I mean, it was a hangover city, but God, it was so good. Give me the banana stuff. I don't want to, I'm not going to go up to a bartender in Aruba and say, yeah, let me get Bourbon County Stout, please. What's your, what's this, what's the porter you have on tap here? Are you kidding me? He's going to look at me and say, what, a, a porter? You, you, do you need a janitor, sir? Fuck off. Sorry about that. Before, I, I don't know what got into me, but... It was intense here. All right, we have Dogs and Boats, a double India pale ale with citra and mosaic hops. Coming in at a 9.1 ABV. Coming out of... Oh, they have something written on here. Hold on. Let me crack this bad boy open. I'll have you know, when I do like... And I did this on the Treehouse episode. When I have a... um, A hazy or double IPA, I just... I get the... I get the yeast on the bottom. I... I do a twirl, I do a little swirl or a can roll before I dump it all in there, and it changes everything. It really does. Instead of a clear beer, you're going to get a hazy beer. And I think that's the intention of the brewer most of the time. So let's read the can here. Once again, this is a dog. Dogs and boats. It's got like a little, a little Jack Russell in the middle of a beach. It's kind of a nice... Nice label there. Uh, situated along the New England coastline, we've noticed that there's nothing uh, people here love more than their dogs and boats. The two are a match made in heaven. So we wanted to brew a beer that invoked the same emotions. When we put Citra and Mosaic hops together in this double IPA ale, uh, we knew our mission was accomplished. Our aim at Beard is to reincarnate the days gone by when beer produced by someone on your block rather than a multinational corporation uh, uh, produced by someone on your block. Uh, we are obviously not uh, concerned with economics on the scale of scale, and we think that uh, uh, shows in the quality uh, of our offerings. I'm fucking this up, man. Jesus Christ. We hope you love drinking it as much as we love making it. Again, this is a 9.1 full fucking disclosure I had one of these before and then I had a tree house in between I'm having another one again it's it is it's these 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 beers are big right these are big beer alright alright let's have a look here right so we got beard brewing company out of Connecticut so what do we have here I'm gonna take a look at this here we got about two fingers of head Got a hazy golden, uh, a hazy golden color here. The two fingers ahead there is lingering. It doesn't really go. It's kind of stuck right there. Uh, it's not entirely opaque, like the uh, tree houses and other hazy IPAs. I mean, it is cloudy, but you could see like your shadow at the other end of the rainbow there, so to speak. And um, yeah, I mean, it just it looks it looks reasonable. Looks like it's going to be good. And let's get a nose on it, shall we? Uh, uh, COVID? 
Oh my god. Uh, too soon? Too soon, right? I mean, the nose is basically dead here, okay? There's just not much happening here in the hop department, okay? I'm getting like a malt forward nose that I'm getting in like a traditional East Coast standard IPA. No, I'm sorry, a West Coast standard IPA. Something like a Lagunitas kind of smell. Like a little something. It's just really, it's... Hmm. There's like a, there, I'm getting a very malt forward nose here, you know, somewhat, there's somewhat of a citrus there, but it's like a sweet malt aroma that's dominating. It's reminiscent of what I had when I had the, uh, the Alpha, Alpha King beer from Three Floyds. Like you, there's no real hop aroma going on here, which is so strange because when we talked about the hops, especially like Citra, they're like, oh, there's aroma, aroma, aroma. Or else. I mean, it's sweet. It smells very sweet. But, and malty. It doesn't have a hotness to it. I'm not getting any resin. I'm not getting any pininess or dankness here. Let's have a taste. Okay. Off the bat, we have, uh, like, initially we have some some bright citrusy flavors. And then, but it's it's not juicy whatsoever. It's not in the juice bomb department, okay? There's no, there's really no sweetness in the taste that we get, like, that's on the nose. Oh, man. Mm. It's a pretty harsh one, too. The flavors just aren't very robust. It has a it has a very bitter finish. That's kind of pleasant, you know, because it's reminiscent of like a like a beer of the past, so to speak. Like I remember when I made my <laughs> IPA, that the, the hot bitterness was pretty pungent. I'm getting the punch of that here, but I was using like Sentinel hops with that, so I'm not. This may be the Citra bitterness coming through. It, it, I kind of wish it was just a little bit more uh, tropical, fruity flavored here because it's just not worth the alcohol burn that I'm getting in my tummy right now. It's pretty strong. You know, it's it's pretty rough. There's almost like a... It's so quick. Like, there's a honey sweetness there very fast. Like that. And then it's gone. And there's nothing really to back it up but bitterness. You know, there's there's a slight citrusy flavor. It's bright in the beginning with citrus, and then that disappears, and there's a very faint honey sweetness, and that disappears, and then it's just bitter, bitter, bitter. And, um, you know, this, is, this isn't anything really to write home about. Um, I'm not going to pour it out or anything like that, but I, I just, you know, think, you know, featuring the, the citra and mosaic, I, I think it could have hit harder as a... Um, as a double IPA, I just don't, I don't know. Now, this is going to sound as snooty as fucking possible here. I just don't think that a double IPA featuring these two hops is worth it. Because, you know, you're just hit with the bitterness of the Citra, which I'm assuming is that there. And I don't get any of the aroma, you know, that that is supposed to, I guess, be there for the Citra. And the Mosaic be damned at this point because it's just, it's just bitter. It's like, you take a sip. Here we go. Yeah, it's it's quick. It's so quick. It's like a dainty sweetness, citrusy sweetness, nice maltiness, and then it's just rocked by the bitterness, which I'm not totally against, but at the same time, maybe I've been spoiled with the treehouse, but I'm giving it a 5.5. I put five. I don't think it's awful, but I wouldn't bring it. I wouldn't bring it over to to Pete Sullivan's house or Tom's house or Tommy's house. I wouldn't bring it over there. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Three Beers In. Episode 184. We're going strong, ladies and gentlemen, powering into the year 2021 and beyond. Free Beers In will always, always be on your feed. Guaranteed. 
as long as they're brewing beer, which I don't think they're going to have any signs of stopping soon. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm going to hit up these articles next week for sure. I'm not going to try to be as long-winded about magazines that I found. God bless you all very much. Happy New Year, and take care, everybody. I'm going to see you all next week.